Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Sunday, March the 20th, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined for her debut podcast, our own loved, beloved member of Coach Talk and now part of the Coach Talk team. It is Deb Lutz. Deb, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing great, Coach. Super excited to be here. This is uh this is pretty exciting for me. Well, we are so glad to have you. We uh, appreciate you've been a, a part of, of the team here uh, for a short time, but part of the family for a long time. So this is going to be great. We know your NBA knowledge is terrific. I, I see Charles Barkley's presence in the background. <laughs> you can't beat that. And uh, just excited to pick your brain and uh, have you put some winners together for our listeners and our members. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Charles is going to be our good luck charm today. I don't know if he's going to go toe to toe with Dirk, but uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> I think we've got a great slate today. I'm, uh, I'm really excited to, uh, to, you know, give this a try. So uh, let's go. All right. We're ready to do it. And uh, what we're going to do today is go through uh, all the games. There's nine games. There's a two game afternoon slate and a seven game main slate that starts at 6 p.m. Eastern. But as always, we cover everything for you here. We'll also be supplying um, lineups for our members for the two-game afternoon slate that starts at 3.30 Eastern. And then we'll come back and we'll put together our full lineups for the main slate tonight. If you want to become a member at Coach Talk, very simple. Go to DFSCoachTalk.com. You can sign up for any of our memberships. Right now, we do have this baseball membership going uh, that runs from April 7th to October 2nd. But when you sign up, you get all this time free prior to baseball starting on April 7th. So you cannot beat that deal. So look for that under the main, uh, MLB package on our website. If you want to dip your toes in the water and try us out, we have that three-day membership for $10. All right, here we go, Deb. We're going to dive into game number one of these two afternoon games. It is the Portland Trail Blazers at the Indiana Pacers. Indiana favored by eight. It's a 235 and a half total. The other early game is 235. So you've got a stalemate there. No uh, big over-under uh, differentiation between the two afternoon games. It is a 113.75 implied for Portland and a 121.75 for the Pacers. Portland comes in 26 and 43. Indiana 24 and 47. Bunch of injuries here for both teams. We already know who's out for Portland. Out is Bledsoe, Lillard, Luzada, Nurkic, Simons, and Winslow. So pretty much all their good players. And then for Indiana, we've got a lot of question marks that we definitely need answers to and will have answers to since it is the early afternoon game. The uh, questionable tags on Goga Bataze. Chris Gavarte, Jalen Smith, all question marks. And those three are key rotational players. The guys out, we know Isaiah Jackson, the center that's been playing well. He's now down with an injury. He joins McConnell and Turner. So as we dive into this game, statistically uh, speaking, we've got Portland on the first night of a back-to-back. -back, and you'll see there are a plethora of teams on the front end of a back-to-back. -back. In fact, there are eight of them 
today. Uh, nobody played yesterday that's playing today, but we do have those eight first night of the back-to-backs. We'll point all of them out because they will have an impact on our builds. Uh, Indiana, on the other hand, is, is on an island game. So we've got Portland with the 16th pace, Indiana 17th. Uh, nothing to write home about, but the big plus here is you've got two just absolutely terrible defenses, Deb, 29th and 27th. So it makes this game feel like it's even more, uh, you know, of a, a target game of the two early just because of there's those two terrible defenses. So my first question to you would be, uh, are you particularly uh, fond of one side or the other in Portland, Indiana, or are you looking to have some, um, you know, some pieces of both sides? I'm kind of even, and uh, I'm looking to have a little exposure on on each side, um, both in this game and the other game. I think, uh, you know, both uh, seem like they're going to be a little bit up-tempo, um, and with the weak defenses, you know, a lot of points are going to go around. Um on uh, in this game in particular, I like Brogdon a lot in in this spot. I think he's he's fairly priced, um, seventy nine hundred on DK and uh, seventy four hundred on FanDuel, uh, and you know he's going up against a basically a, a rookie point guard and uh, very shaky defense. So I, I like him to kind of control the tempo of the game, um, and I think that's a fair price. Halliburton's just way too expensive for me. I mean, I think he'll have a good game, but he's he's overpriced at this point. Um, and I'm, the only other uh, area I'm looking at, in, at on the indie side would be if 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 uh, trying to figure out what's going on with the big men. And right. if Batazzi plays, um, I like him for his value on um, DK at 4,800, especially with Jackson. We know Jackson's out, so especially right. Jackson out. Um, he's 6,400 though on FanDuel. So I think that's a bit pricey and there's better options, but, but DK, um, I think that's a good price there. And I really like Jalen Smith as well. Um, that's if he's playing right now, he's definitely questionable and I'm going to be looking out for that information, um, as we get closer to game time, but, uh, he's another, he's another good option, but just, just one, maybe two from, uh, from there. Um, and, uh, over on the Portland side, um, I think, uh, Eubanks is a really solid pick. Um, right. he's pretty evenly priced at 5,700 on DK and 5,400 on FanDuel, and he's going to get a really weak Goga defense. So, um, I think he's got some opportunity, uh, to hit value there. Um, one little sneaky play in this, uh, on this side for me would be Chris Dunn. Um, okay. he's coming off the bench but he's been getting 26 to 28 minutes um, as a backup point guard to Williams. And he's been smashing value at just almost close to the minimum, 3,400 on DK and 3,600 on FanDuel. Um, so that's another area that I, that I'd like to go to, um, you know, Watford's been playing well, but he's getting priced up a bit. Um, you know, I think you could possibly go to Williams, but Brogdon is Brogdon's defense is pretty good. So um I'm probably, I'm less excited about uh, some of the other options on, on Portland. Very sharp, Deb. You, you are good. <laughs> a lot of. Yeah, I've learned from the master, you know, yeah, two years of listening to podcasts. You definitely have some of the same takes as me. That's for sure. Cause I feel <laughs> a lot of those very, very similar. So great stuff. Um, cool. I'm with you on a lot of this. You know, I think Brogdon's underpriced. The fact that he's sub eight K, you know, I think he's the best player 
on the Indiana team. And I'm with you also on Halliburton. I think he's overpriced because he is, you know, that price is uh, shifted up with Brogdon being down. So Brogdon is my favorite play on the Pacers side as well. I do like O'Shea Brissett a little bit, though, because of the uh, unsured aspect of the, the bigs, because there is a, a scenario which we will have the answer to. But what if Bataze and Smith sit? Then we're talking about uh, Brissett basically playing center, and he's he's going to be one of the best plays on this afternoon slate, in my opinion. I don't believe Jalen Smith plays. I hope he does. You know I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, we had him just absolutely crushing the last game, but he went out, didn't come back in. So I'm very concerned about uh, him. But I'm with you. Let's get the news. If ju- if just Bataze or Smith are in, one or the other, I'm going that direction. Uh, Brissett and Brog are my other two plays I like on Indiana's side. And Portland, you know, similar. I think Drew Eubanks is a great price. And he really is. And, you know, let's see what happens. If Brissett is the center, if the rest of the guys are out, Eubanks could go, you know, easy double-double here. So I think he's a great sharp play. Um, Hart's a little expensive. He can put up big numbers. Tempting, but I think I want to spend a little bit of that money in the next game. So I'm right with you. I think we're on the same page on that one for sure. Uh, all right, let's let's flip over to this second game. Yeah. It, it, the second afternoon game uh, is the Memphis Grizzlies at the Houston Rockets. Memphis favored by 12, 235 total, 123 and a half. Huge number for Grizz, the Grizzlies, 111 and a half uh, for the Houston Rockets. Coming into this game, Memphis is 48 and 23, Houston 17 and 53. We know Ja Morant. You've heard of him, right, Deb? <laughs> Refresh my memory. <laughs> yeah, Ja's out, and also his buddy Killian Tilly are out. Uh, Eric Gordon really not doesn't matter one way or the other, but he's questionable. And then my favorite two guys that I waste at least 30 seconds, Garuba and Wall. Would you believe they're out? They're out again? Yes. Shocking. Shocking. I thought they'd be in for sure. Absolutely. Changed my whole lineup now. (laughs) And then um, statistically speaking in this game, you've got phenomenal pace. So the other game is alluring because the defenses are horrible. This game is alluring because you've got phenomenal pace, fourth and second. So two of the top four teams in the league. So what two great afternoon games to attack. Uh, and really creates a situation where you can play a lot of guys from all four of these teams. Memphis is all the way up to fourth defensively. So that's a little scary on the Houston side of things. But as we know, Houston is dead last. They've been down there quite some time, and that certainly opens it up for Memphis. But to open this discussion up, Deb, my concern just a bit here is does Memphis go in there and, you know, blow them out? Or because Jaw's not playing, do you think this stays a game? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, with, with that kind of a, a spread, there's definitely a chance for a blowout. Um, I was a little bit surprised with, with Moran Doubt that it was as high as it was. Yeah. I, mean, I think Houston's been hanging with, with, with teams, and some of their young players are, are playing a little better. Um, and, you know, I think this one, I don't, I don't think it necessarily stays close, but I think close enough that um, it's going to stay very up-tempo, and I think we're going to get a lot of um, opportunities coming out of this game. Okay. 
Is there a, a, any standouts, a couple of standouts from this one that you're you're eyeing? Yeah, I think, um, well, I think there's some good value actually in this game with Morant out. Now, you know, Jones is going to be pretty chalky, of course, right? Everyone's uh, going to be everybody. Yeah, he's Jones. like almost an immediate play because he always backs it up and they don't adjust his price enough. Exactly. I mean, he's still 4,000 on DK and 4.2 on, on FanDuel. Yeah. So he's, yeah. everyone's going to go after him. So, you know, a little bit of a contrarian play would be to go with Melton. Um, you know, True. he's four seven and his usage definitely goes up when Morant is out. So um, he's not going to start, but, um, but he'll get minutes. Um, so I, I like both of those guys actually, um, depending on how you want to, you know, play the, play the card. Um, mm -hmm. You know, surprisingly, um, Bain doesn't, his usage doesn't really go up with Morant out. I would have thought that, you know, that it would, but it's, uh, it's being spread around. Um, you know, he's been, he's been an up, a bit up and down for me and at his price, I prefer other options. Mm -hmm. um, the guy that I'm really eyeing on Memphis um, is Adams. So Adams had 57 points against Houston last month. Um, oh. And Houston allows the most points to centers. So right. I am definitely eyeing him, um, particularly with uh, with Morant out. Maybe he, you know, he doesn't he doesn't shoot very much, but in this case, he might get a little bit more usage. Um, so he's he's definitely a center that I'm uh, that I'm that I'm eyeing. Um, that being said, I actually like the center on the other side as well. So Wood um, put up seventy in his last outing. And um, he also put up 55 um, on DK in his last outing against Memphis. So I think mm -hmm. you've got, you're going to have a lot of action out of both of these centers. Um, and so, um, you know, depending on if you're playing on DK, that allows you, you can play both. Um, on FanDuel, uh, you can't really do that. You're going to have to choose. And then it'll come down to, you know, Adams is a couple of thousand dollars less than Wood. Um, right. But I like, I like Wood a lot. And then um, the other players I like on uh, on Houston are um, Green, who's been playing well. I think he's a solid option at 6,100. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and Schroeder, who, you know, I'm not too sure on Schroeder. I might be staying away. Um, he's he's pretty inexpensive at 4,300, but he's also inconsistent. So. Right. Um, and against Memphis defense, you know, I'm I'm not too sure, but he's he's sort of going to be a last guy in for me if I need a fill in at uh, 4,300, and I know he's going to get you know 26 to 28 minutes. Very solid. Uh, you know, I'm with you on the Tyus Jones play. I mean, it's somewhat of a free square. I I just think you got to play him. To be honest with you, I mean, the pace of Houston being second and the worst defense. You know, I want. I think you need to have two or three Grizzlies in this early slate just because of that. And I'm with you. I think Houston hangs enough. I mean, if Jaw was in there, I wouldn't feel that way. But you know, I think they. I think Memphis wins. I'm with you on that. But I do think it stays close enough. So, Tyus Jones is going to be in all my lineups. Um, I I sort of like Dylan Brooks a little bit. He's ramped up his minutes now. He's only 5'5", five, five, so he does allow you all kinds of opportunities here. So he's in my on my radar. I have the exact same theory with you on the two bigs. I think Steven Adams at 5'9", is hard to get away from. Uh, he, centers have just been absolutely killing Houston. So I expect, you know, 12, 15 rebounds out of Adams today. Yeah. It's a great prize pick uh, over on rebounds, too. 
And I think, you know, I think he gets to his number pretty easy because he's sub 6K. Exactly. So I love that. Um, the biggest payup guy that's probably the best play on the afternoon slate, though, is Christian Woods. So, you know, on some of the sites, you're going to be in a dilemma and other sites, you're going to be able to uh, balance some of this out because you've only got four, uh, four centers playing, but it's tricky because Eubanks is a bargain. Adams is a bargain. Woods in a smash spot. And then we have to see, we may only have one active center for the Pacers. So that's where the decisions still have to be made. But, you know, I'm with you. I'd love to play Adams and Wood on both sides. Uh, and I, I'm totally with you there. Now, a guy I've been on like crazy uh, in this last two weeks has been Jalen Green. <clears throat> he is up over 6K now, which is okay. It's still a good price. My only concern is I think he's going to get harassed by Dylan Brooks. Mm. I think Brooks is going to take him because, uh, I, you know, Jones is good enough defensively probably to take Porter. The only difference would be if, if Bain does, or I mean, if Brooks does end up guarding Porter, that would be great. But I think right now I haven't projected on green, which takes him down one notch for me. So I don't, go ahead. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, no, I, I I actually didn't think about that. I figured he'd get Bain defense, but yeah, why not put Brooks on him given his, uh, you know, his scoring ability? Yeah, and it, you know, a lot of it depends on if Gordon sits because if Gordon sits, we'll see who they start. Then that could, you know, mess up the rotation. So this is one of those things that I know, you know, we're not going to have a ton of time uh, once this podcast posts a couple hours to look at coach speak, look at, you know, matchups, look at the beat writers info, because I need to know if Gordon's in or out so I can project what those matchups are going to be. Because I'll tell you, people forget Dylan Brooks is a big irritant defensively. I, you know, he's been out for a while. He's now back enough. I expect he'll, if it's a close game, get a 30 minutes and he's going to be, you know, really shutting somebody down or at least slowing them down. So we'll look, Look at that, and then we'll update these lineups in Discord with our members and finalize them. But I, I'm with you. I like the bigs in this game with Tyus, and then uh, possibly the third uh, Grizz in could be Brooks for me at that cheap price. So Sounds that's good. what I've got there, Deb. Cool. Are you ready nice for little the early main? slate? You ready for the main slate? Let's do it. All right. We're going to dive right into this. Main slate's a seven-gamer. You've got three games at 6 Eastern and then 7.30, and two 8.30 games. So no late games tonight. We're going to get early to bed. Uh, Go to bed early. <laughs> yeah, got to love get it. those winnings oh, out on Discord early. That's right. We want to, It gives us time to celebrate and pop the champagne, as you saw in Discord. I found a, a, a gif that has somebody <laughs> by the name of Deb popping champagne. I thought, this so is perfect. <laughs> That'll be my night tonight. <laughs> there you go. Let's do that. All right. First game on the NBA main slate for Sunday. It is the Phoenix Suns and Charles Barkley. You're repping the Suns back there. Mm -hmm. They're playing the Sacramento Kings. Phoenix by nine, a 232 and a half total, which happens to be the biggest total on this slate uh, for the main slate. So, Oh, no, you know what? I did this wrong. I'm going to go back. I'm jumping to your son's game. That is the second highest total. We're going to go first game, the New Orleans Pelicans 
and the Atlanta Hawks. So there you go, Deb. I'm there off. Go. All yeah. right. All right. So Pell's Hawks, Hawks by three and a half. This is going to be all news dependent on this one. It's a 233 total, 114.75 for the Pell's, 118.25 for the Hawks. And by a slight margin, this is the highest by a half a point uh, of the games on the main slate for a total. Coming into this game, the Pels are 29 and 41. Atlanta's 535 and 35. We don't know if Devontae Graham's played. He is a true questionable. We know Ingram, Nance, and Zion Cheeseburgers Williamson out. The big news for Atlanta is Trey Young going to play. It's an island game. He missed the last game. I have him counted in for now, but we do need to know that news. We will have it prior to the main slate lock. And then, of course, John Collins, which is a big piece for Atlanta. He is out. So we get, we dive into this game with uh, first night of a back-to-back for the Pels, um, 21st in pace, Atlanta 20th. So a, a pretty high total, highest on the board, for two pretty slow teams, which tells you one thing, they can't play defense, and they, they can't. Pels 20th, Hawks 26th. That's the team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, last year. and they, they have not been able to get it together. So interesting uh, you know, uh, dilemma here is how much can you really dive into this game until we know if Trey Young's playing, and it sure would be nice to know if Devontae Graham's playing, but – my, my question to, to throw it over to you, uh, Deb, is how interested are you in some of these Pelicans? All of a sudden, these Trey Murphy, Najee, Mar- Najee Marshall, Jose Alvarado, are those guys on your radar today? They are on my radar. I actually picked up uh, Jose Alvarado in my uh, season-long fantasy league, and he's done nice. quite nicely for me. Um, yeah, you know, a couple of them are. Um I like, um, you know, certainly I love McCollum in this spot. I mean, without Ingram against a weak defense, you know, that allows the third most threes to opposing teams, you know, even at his uh, 8,700 on FanDuel, 92 on DK, he's, he's, you know, got the ball in his hands all the time and and he's going to be, he's going to be smash value. Um, The, you know, of that, of that other group, um, I kind of like Najee Marshall in this game, um, okay. 5,200, particularly for a GPP look, um, 5,200 on DK, 5,100 on FanDuel. He's been getting 33-plus DK points in three of his last four games. Um, you know, without Ingram, they need offense somewhere else. He's an offensive machine without Graham um, as well. So um, I do like him. Um uh, Alvarado, um, was, was dinged up a bit. So he, we'll see if he, um, plays, he's certainly, um, at a low price point of 4.4, um, someone that you could potentially throw in. Um, but I'm not as excited about him in this game. Um, it's really Marshall. Um, and then, uh, the other guy that I kind of like is, uh, Hayes. I think he's mm-hmm. a solid pick again, against a pretty weak defense. You don't have Collins in, um, he's been hitting his numbers at, um, he's at 5,200 on DK, 5,600 on FanDuel. So I think he's yeah. a solid sort of mid-range um, power forward option. Um, and that's probably about it for me on that side of things. Um, yeah. I just think you got a, a number of guys, you know, Herb Jones and Trey Marshall and Willie Hernan Gomez. Like, are they going to, yeah. are they going to do it? Are they, are they not? 
Um, Valencianis, I think, against Capella is not uh, not my favorite option, particularly at that price point. I think there's better centers on this big slate. So um, so at, the, at that point, I'd go to the other side of the ball. And, um, you know, like you said, for the Hawks, it, it really depends on if Young plays. I mean, that that changes the landscape pretty dramatically. Right. DeLon Wright had a big game. I did not I did not call that his last game. Um, so he Shout out to our guy, Mike Guest, though. He was all over it. All yeah. over it. I know. Yeah. I know. He's Mike something. Yeah. He's, he's good. He, he is good. So, yeah, I, I miss that because he's been a bust for me in prior times when Young's been out. But yeah. you know, coming off that confidence and against a really weak defense, he could hit again. So I'm going to certainly keep an eye on that. Um, I know Bogdanovich is your guy and you love him. He's getting expensive though. Yes. Um, so on a slate like this, I'm, you know, I'm probably going to go for um, less expensive options. I think Hunter at 5,200 is, um, is a nice value. Um, even Gallinari, you know, he's still in the fours. I think he's 4,800. Right. Um, so against this, you know, against this defense, you know, I could see Gallinari putting up some threes and, and getting time with uh, Collins out. So he's someone that I'm keeping a little bit of an eye on. And then a guy that I've been going to a lot who's been really consistent for me is Okongwu. Uh, they yeah. seem to be, you know, Capella doesn't play 35, 40 minutes a game. No. And with Collins out, Okongwu's getting getting time. And his production's been, uh, you know, even in 18 to 22 minutes, his production's been solid for a um, 4,600 uh, price point. So he's someone that I'm going to keep an eye on if I need to slide in, um, you know, a cheaper uh, center option. Yeah, and he's only 44 on DraftKings, so even a yeah. little bit cheaper. Yeah, um, this game's pretty simple for me. I love C.J. McCollum. I've been on him constantly lately. And when he gets to play the full game, or at least close to his regular minutes, he's been fantastic. He's The only problem is there's two times that the Pelicans murdered people, including beating the Spurs by like 50 the other day. And he doesn't get fourth quarter run, which kills you. I don't see that happening today. I really don't. I think... I think Trey Young plays, like I said, but we'll follow that news. So I think it stays close enough. I think CJ's a smash play. 9-2 on DraftKings. He's going to be one of my better plays of the day. The other guy you mentioned I really like is Jackson Hayes. He's only 5-2. He gets to his number. He gets enough minutes. And instead of having to face the tough defensive, athletic, jump out of the building John Collins, he gets to to uh, go against Danilo Gallinari, who moves vertically about as well as I do. So, <laughs> God bless him. He can shoot the eyes out of the hoop, but he is cannot move his feet on defense. So, I think Jackson gets a lot of rebounds, some putbacks. I really like his potential here at five two. You know, I don't want to get in the mix of the Pelicans. You know, I introduced that group to you because I think everybody's sort of this is the new fresh shiny toy. Can we play Trey Murphy? Can we play Najee Marshall? Is Jose Alvarado a plug and play if Graham sits? I just, I don't feel comfortable with that whole group because you've got Jones and Graham, if he plays Murphy, Marshall, Alvarado, maybe a few other guys getting a couple of minutes off the bench. And that's not even to mention the main three in CJ McCollum, Jackson Hayes, and Jonas Valachunas. So mm -hmm. there's only so much to go around. And I'm going to stick with CJ and probably Jackson Hayes on that side and not, you know, I don't, you certainly can get a seven X guy from a Murphy or Marshall. Only way I'd consider Alvarado is if he's a hundred percent go and Graham sits, but 
You can also catch a 14 or 15 DFS points from one of those guys, just like everybody gets sucked in. Like yesterday was the perfect example. We talked about it on the podcast, but marketing, he had his career game, everybody plug and play marketing everywhere. And what did he have? 15? He's a bust. He's yeah. a bust. Yeah. So that happens a lot. And it yeah. happened with a couple of other guys. You know, it's that trap, the points chasing. I mentioned it with Gundacker yesterday. There were three points chaser guys that everybody put in there yesterday. One guy almost made it. The other two were flat ruin your lineup guys. So uh, you got to be aware of that. And that's my concern a little bit with this Pelicans bench on the Atlanta side. If Trey Young's in, that means he's a go. This is an Island game. 10 two is a fair price. I would love to sit back in this game with two teams that can't play defense and watch McCullum and Young trade baskets. So that's the direction I'm looking to go if it's a full green light on Trey Young. Um, after that, with the Hawks, you know, you've got value everywhere, but I don't trust it. Uh, you're right. Bogdanovich, now that he's approaching 7K, may come off the bench again, uh, which, you know, doesn't hurt that much because they like him off the bench. He gets second unit run, but that's a big price tag when you have this many teams playing. And the rest of the guys just average, you know, you don't, you can take average on a small slate, but on a big slate, you know, you get a guy just getting to four X at 24 points, you know, you know, in this day and age in DFS, you're sunk. So I'm going to go to the, the key guys here and then uh, move down the road. I like it. All right. Next game, Oklahoma city thunder at the Orlando magic, uh, two teams that only uh, DFS players would watch this game. I think. It is uh, Orlando by six and a half, which is saying a lot for them to be a six and a half point favorite against anybody. It's a two, 225 and a half total, 109 and a half implied for the Thunder, 116 uh, for the Orlando Magic. A couple of impressive records here Oklahoma City, 20 and 50, Orlando, 18 and 53. So the two teams have only combined for 103 losses already, <laughs> and there's still time to go. Uh, big news here, of course, you know, it's hard to even discuss this game until we uh, have this news actually on both sides, but it's SGA on Oklahoma City, and he's been playing and not playing. You never know. It could go either way. It's truly 50-50. It is first night of a back-to-back -back for them, so whether they play him here or tomorrow, they don't really want to win. They, I think, hope Orlando wins because then – they're only uh, a game ahead of them or behind them, whichever way you want to look at it as far as the draft order. So I don't know. We just have to wait and get the news on SGA. Um, also favors Giddy, JRE, and Williams out for Oklahoma City. The big news and the only guy listed on the Orlando report, super important, Jalen Suggs, who is questionable and certainly changes that rotation uh, if uh, if he sits offensively pace, not bad, 13 and 10, they'll get up and down the floor and defensively, not so much Oklahoma City, 17, not the worst in the world. Orlando down at 23. So, Deb, I don't know how you make rhyme or reason without knowing if SGA or Suggs yeah. plays, yeah. but what are you thinking initially? I'm thinking I want to take almost a total pass on this game. This is not my favorite game 
you know, two of the worst teams in the league. Um, and they both rotate a lot of players. Right. Um, so, you know, if, if SGA plays, you can go to him at nine, nine, cause he's really the only reliable player on OKC. Um, yeah. but I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've stayed away from SGA a lot this season and, um, you know, it's, it's been okay. Um, it, it just, and not knowing whether or not he's going to play it rather just work around that. Um, like you said, first night of a back-to-back, they don't want to win. This is actually the game that they could potentially win. So maybe they, they keep him out. Um, <laughs> you know, if he doesn't play, um, Trey man is a, is a, is a decent play. Um, mm-hmm. have been pretty, uh, pretty happy with how he's been playing when I've had him in. He's at 5,400, so not a bad price. And probably yeah. the only other guy that I would take a look at would be Pokashevsky. Um, you know, he's starting now, um, and he's been pretty consistent uh, of recent. Um, he's only 5,100, you know, up against Franz Wagner, who I don't think is is known for his defense. So, um, you know, I think that's an okay play. Overall, I'm just not that excited, so I'm not I'm not jumping out to to make sure I've got guys in my uh, lineup from this uh, this game. Um, on the Magic side, I'm not that excited either. Unknown about Suggs, Wagner's price has come down, so he's a decent play at 5,500. But yeah. other than that, with the guards, there's so many guards there now, and they're splitting their time. And like you mentioned, OKC's defense is decent, um, so I think you know on I think I'm actually going to pass on the uh, Magic side. I, yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, it's this game is so hard to figure because the, the dynamic of do they, you know, I don't think either team truly wants to win this game. So you're going to have rotations of guys, you know, I, it's going to be very tough to figure. And, you know, if you are going to play an SGA or a Suggs or guys from this game, you have to have a swap plan in place if they sit. Because, you know, swapping from a 9-9 SGA isn't a piece of cake. You got to have figure that out ahead of time. Um, but if he does sit, you know, I think Trey Band deserves a mention because he's 5'4". Like you said, he's going to get a lot of shots up. But, man, if, if you have the guts to go with a Wiggins or even Poku or Baisley or Saar or any of those guys, whew, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to have some guts or GPP yeah. playing, shooting for, you know, stars here. But uh, on the other side, too, you know, it's it's tough. With Carter back, Carter and Bomba both play, you know, it, it definitely takes uh, something away from both of them. Franz Wagner's okay, but super inconsistent lately. I mean, the, the one thing about uh, him, as he was the fourth pick overall out of Michigan, and he actually can play pretty good defense. I'm, I've been impressed with his two-way play, uh, which definitely gives me a little concern on Poku on the other side, but... I just don't trust him. You know, I don't know if it's the rookie wall. He got over a little bit, but sometimes he's flat. He does better when either Carter or Bomba sit so he can get a little bit more action in the paint because he's a big kid. He's like 6'10". So just not comfortable with it. I'm a big Suggs fan. I would consider Suggs if he's in because of the uh, tag at questionable at 4'7". He can fill up the score sheet against uh, the Thunder, in my opinion. Cole Anthony just crushed my spirit the other day, bearing in another lineup. And it's that darn guy is hard to figure. Uh, He plays some decent games. And then, uh, you know, I think because of the rotation, now that, that, you know, they've got Fultz back in the mix, they're trying to get minutes for RJ Hampton. 
you know, they, they're sort of uh, too deep at guard. So I'm with you, Deb. This game just, you know, I know there might be one or two that you could pluck out of here that can help. But I think if you really depend on this game, you're you're playing with fire, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, on, on a, a slate this size, I think there's just a lot of other good options. So there is. I'm All right, let's move on to the game I was trying to chase to, this Phoenix Sun-Sacramento game. As you know, I'm a little excited about this game. I think there's potential here, and uh, so let's get to this one. It's uh, the Suns at the Kings, Phoenix by nine, 232.5 total, so solid total. Big 120.75 implied for Phoenix, 111.75 for the Sacramento Kings. Phoenix comes in 57 and 14, Sacramento 25 and 47. Questionable tag for Jay Crowder, which obviously as a starter and 30 minutes plus guy is important to know. Uh, they're already missing Johnson, Kaminsky, Lundberg, Paul, and Sarich. Sacramento, the big news, De'Aaron Fox. He was scratched the last game, and we'll see if he's going to scratch this game. Uh, both of these teams, island game for them. So the, the key news here is Fox. Uh, it did open up Sabonis, and he went crazy last game. But can he do that against this stout Phoenix defense? Statistically speaking, um, Phoenix is third in the league in defense and just been very steady lately. Sacramento, a terrible 28th. Pace, though, is great here, and that's what gives me some interest. You've got two of the top nine pace teams in the league, Phoenix nine, Sacramento seven. And you have some guys that I think that are fair priced. So what uh, what interest do you have in this game, if any? And uh, do you think that this game can stay close enough? It's a single digit, only nine point favored for Phoenix, according to Vegas. You think that's accurate? You're, are accurate? You're our son's specialist. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I'm uh, I live in Phoenix, a big Suns fan, and uh, I think the uh, the way this game's laid out, I think they're expecting Fox to play. Otherwise, I don't see a single digit spread. That's um, a good point. You're not like uh, Milwaukee Bucks Homer uh, the way Crash is. Where he <laughs> rosters like six bucks every day. No, no. I mean, <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> hey, the way the Bucks have been, you know, playing the last couple of years, it's not a bad strategy. Five well, not years the last ago, couple of games, like, though. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, I think the Sun should be in control of this one. Um, and I really like Booker and Campaign to lead the offense. I like them both here. Now, that being said, if Fox doesn't play and this becomes a blowout, um, you know, I think you're going to see a little less playing time from both of those guys. Mm -hmm. Although, uh, you know, I do know Monty Williams, regardless, likes a rotation. And right. so he, he, he tends to play, you know, his players at the same amount every, every night. Um, so I think you'll get a good run from, from Payne and Booker, um, also because they're missing some of their, uh, their key pieces. So their bench is a little thin, um, like them both here. Um, you know, Tory Craig, if, if Jay Crowder sits again, I think Tory Craig, um, you know, he's one of those, you know, he's been playing really well as a fill in for Crowder, but I have played him on nights and he's just a total bust. Um, I do think that if this game gets out of hand, he does get more run. And, um, so that could, could protect him. So he's a, a third option for me, um, particularly if Crowder's, uh, injured and he's, uh, 
He's only 4,600 on uh, DK and FanDuel. Um, Aiton at the center position, um, pretty pretty fair price tag, 7,100. He is, he is also wow. solid. Um, mm-hmm. And as long as this game stays close, relatively close, he gets his minutes. So I may flip on that if Fox doesn't play um, because – you know, there's a you know they've got McGee, they've got Biombo. They could certainly go deep at the center position and not play Aiden a lot of minutes if it doesn't stay close. But if Fox is in, I like Aiton and his and his price tag. Um, yeah. On the King side of things, again, it's it's all about watching and seeing if Fox plays. If if Fox is out, um, I like Givincenzo a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's um, you know I like him actually um, better. Uh, better than uh, um, Davion Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah. I like him better mm-hmm. than Mitchell. Um, I think he comes off the bench, but I think he's um, pretty consistent. They need his offense, um, particularly with Terrence Davis out. Um, you know, Sabonis, um, he's a bit too expensive for me. I, I like other options. And I think, you, you know, you face a pretty tough Philly uh, Phoenix defense. Um, so um, he's not my favorite pay up option on this slate. Um, and I just can't get excited at all for the Trey Lyles and Justin holidays of the world. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty light on the, on the King side. So interested to hear kind of who you might be interested in. Well, I tried to pull the, the, the quick one on you there. Try to trick you with saying I was fired up for this game. I am fired up for this game though, in the sense that it's going to be my contrarian pass game Ooh. and I'll, I'll explain why. I think a lot of it depends on if Fox plays or not. So I get that. So if you're going to plan for this game, you know, you, you can't, you're going to know what's going on because it's an, you know, it's an earlier game. For some reason, this is a six Eastern game, even though it's Phoenix, Sacramento. So yeah. go figure. But if Fox in or out, I think Fox plays. I, I, I really do. And, and here's the reason I don't like this game a lot. I think what you said at the beginning was true. Uh, Monty's smart. He does not want to burn his guys out. He wants to use that bench. I think if Crowder plays, especially that bench of Craig, Shamit, Holiday, McGee, Biombo, you know, even Peyton possibly, they can go 10 deep and keep guys fresh. And it's hard to pay up for a 9K booker, although, you know, he can smash the state slate if the game stays close. But you got those mid price teaser guys like Bridges at six. Aiton seems too cheap at 7-1. I just don't like the trappy feel of that with a game that I don't think can will stay close all the way through. Now, you're right. If Fox sits, you know, I think it even becomes a bigger chance of a blowout. Uh, but it does get extra minutes for Mitchell and DiVincenzo. But they're still going to play Holiday. Metu's back in the mix getting decent minutes. So, you know, Barnes has really tailed off. Don't know why they didn't trade him. Uh, Lyles, you know, again, too many, too much splitting of minutes now all of a sudden inside. And Sabonis had that monster game, but this is a way tougher matchup. Mm-hmm. I mean, Phoenix plays great team defense, and he's going to have a big body on him in Aiton or Begee the whole time. So I just don't like this game. I don't like the feel of it. Think it's going to get a lot more play than you'd expect because of the 232 and a half total. But you know, Cameron Payne, I like a lot, but he's almost 7K. Yeah. So it's not like you're getting a deal on him anymore. And I just don't want to pay up for the big bucks on Booker Fox or Sabonis for the reasons that I stated. So 
more than likely, Deb, my contrarian move of the day is probably not going to have any ownership of this game. And I'm hoping it ends up under this total and that Phoenix has a decent control of it throughout. That would be the best scenario for me. Okay. Let's see what happens there. We'll see what I like happens. It. I like it. I like the call. Got to be bold, right? You got to. You got to take stands. I mean, it's easy for everybody to say, oh, I like Booker. I like Fox. I like Sabonis. You know, you, you can say that, you know, a lot. some of the tats out there, they like, you know, top two, three guys from every team. Well, good, you know, good luck with that, trying to fit that salary yeah. in. So, yeah, as I, right. looked at it, as I looked at it, you know, you sort of have Booker, McCollum, and then you'll see uh, Mitchell coming up in one of the next games all around the same price. And so, right. um, you know, as we discussed, I mean, McCollum's just in a better spot. Um, and I think Mitchell is also. So we'll, uh, yeah, I think it's, I like the call. I'm with you. Exactly. So we have four games left. This is the 7.30 Eastern game, the Utah Jazz and the Knicks. So we have an hour and a half break, which is weird from those first three games. And then we have uh, these four games all starting within that last hour. 7.30, Utah Jazz, New York Knicks. Utah favored only by three and a half. Uh, but, you know, they've had some injuries and things to deal with there. Uh, 220 and a half is the total. 112 implied for Utah. 108 and a half for the New York Knicks. As far as, uh, you know, we're saying the injury-wise, a lot of info here. Uh, questionable tags on Trent Forrest, Hassan Whiteside. So those two important rotational guys right now for Utah, uh, Azabuki, Bogdanovich, Conley, and House all out. For the Knicks, it's Noel and Rose remain out. The rest of their team has been healthy and in there. A couple of things here, Jazz 19th in pace, 20, 26th for the Knicks. So nothing exciting there. And on top of that, you've got two top 10 defenses, Utah 8th, Knicks 10th, first night of a back-to-back -back for the Jazz on the road on the East Coast. So lots of reasons to back off of this game. Uh, what, are you, what are your initial thoughts? Because this game is interesting. It's a very uh, strategic type game here, and I think a lot of people are going to probably pass on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think with the, with the lower scoring, uh, it's the first of our lower scoring night games. Um, and with the slower pace, um, I do feel like a lot of people are going to pull away. Um, I'm uh, I see a couple of spots on the uh, jazz side that I like though. I think mm -hmm. it's a, it's a really good spot for Mitchell um, yeah. with Conley being out. He handles the ball more. So get some points from that. Um, he's also, he was, he was out, um, was playing well before he, uh, he, uh, was out, um, but he's back now and healthy. And so I'm bullish on him. I think his price point is fair. Um, 8,800 yeah. on DK, 8,500 on FanDuel, you know, yeah. where do you get offense from with Conley and Bogdanovich out? So nowhere. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, he hasn't played for four days. He's rested. He'll be ready to go. Uh, you know, the Knicks, um, uh, backcourt defense is nothing to write home about. So no. Um, I like I like uh, Mitchell a lot. Um, I also think you could take a look at um, the couple of guys who are going to get additional touches and minutes from Clarkson being out. Those be, uh, from uh, Conley being out. Those being Clarkson and uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker. Um, right. I think Clarkson is pretty expected and will be chalky. He'll be starting. He's only at fifty two hundred on Fanduel. Um, so he's someone. He's not. You know, I don't love Clarkson. I right. uh, 
Um, I find that he, uh, I'm wrong more than I'm right when I, when I play him, he has not been having a good year particularly. So I probably, um, I might stay away from him, um, and instead take a flyer maybe for a GPP on Walker, who's only 3,800 on DK and will definitely get, uh, get minutes. Um, that's about all I'm looking at on the on the Jess. I'm you know O'Neill just doesn't do it from a DFS perspective. Um, I think you know go this is not the best matchup for Gobert, um, and you've got the you know the cast of characters sort of filling in at the you know um, the uh, small forward position. I'm not uh, necessarily fans of. So that would be it for me. Um, strong play on Mitchell and possibly uh, Walker or Clarkson um, on the Knicks. You know, I'm, I think I'm going to stay away from the Knicks. Um, they're a little overpriced, in my opinion, particularly against a solid jazz defense. Um, you know, I think uh, I'm not excited about going for Barrett or Randall, you know, kind of the, you know, the the uh, uh, the stronger players on the Knicks because of the defense and the and the, and the um, pace of the game. The only exception for me uh, might be a GPP play on quickly. He's, okay. you know, he's been, you know, it seems as though um, he's been stepping up his game a bit. He's been more reliable. He's leading the second team and he's at 5,100 on FanDuel. Very interesting. I like it. Um, for me, I'm, I'm going to actually spend some salary here, Deb. I, I think there's a couple of diamonds in this game, uh, just my opinion, but I, I love Donovan Mitchell. I, first of all, my, at least in my um the way I'm projecting this, I, I think Clarkson may still come off the bench. That's just me, but I think they'll, they'll start Mitchell at the pseudo point. He's going to play the point anyway, regardless. I just love him as a sub nine K guy to, to play alongside, uh, you know, to have Mitchell and McCollum together, like you mentioned earlier, yeah. same thing. I love those two guys today. And I think Mitchell perfect matchup for him. The Knicks strength of their defense is in the paint. Their perimeter defense with Burks and Fournier and Quickly are, is not good. And I think Mitchell has a, a nice game here. Uh, I think he's a, a safe cash play. Uh, he's going to make most of my lineups. The second Jazz guy I like, though, is either going to be Trent Forrest at the Dead Men 3K if he plays and starts. If he doesn't play and start and they, they use Nikhil Alexander-Walker at 3.8, He's another guy that can get hot and get the minutes. Now, if they both play, then addition by subtraction, I'm not going to go either direction. But I like if one of those, if Forrest is out, then I'll look at Walker. But if Forrest is in and starting, then I'm going to consider him just because it gives you that alleyway to for salary savings. Uh, the bigs, you know, the other thing is you, you hit the nail on the head. Who's going to score for Utah? I mean, Mitchell's going to have to carry the load. I'm thinking 25, 28 shots today. I mean, you're not going to get any scoring from O'Neal, Hernan Gomez, Gobert, Gay, Pascal. I mean, these guys just aren't scorers. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, you're you're better off going Mitchell and then possibly uh, either Forrest or Walker as a, a real savings play, maybe more of a GPP. But I think those guys, one or the other, can get there. On the Knicks side, I, lo- I really like Julius Randle today, Deb. I, I know he's 9-3, he's pay up, but he's playing a lot better. Uh, I think the Jazz defense is all jacked up now with their rotation being, you know, some of these guys being out, 
having to play in different spots. Conley, even though he's not that great of a player anymore, he sets the tone of their defense from the perimeter when he's playing, and it just creates a, a better combination of their normal guys that are in there. I do think O'Neal is their best defender. I think he'll try to lock down R.J. Barrett for the entire game. But whoever they play on Randall, whether it be Hernan Gomez, Gay, Pascal, none of them I don't think can match up with them. And Gobert is, is a, sure, he's a, a shot blocker and a good defender, but he's going to be off of Randall. I, there's yeah. no way he can go out there and no. guard Randall at the three. So, and you don't think Neil guards Randall? You think he's more likely to guard Barrett? I think he guards Barrett personally. Yep. I think they have to because if they don't put O'Neal on Barrett, uh, they're they're in trouble because who who's going to guard? You know their matchups just aren't going to work. Then you know uh, you know you're going to have O'Neal if you had on Randall. There's no way Hernan Gomez or Gobert no. or Force those guys can't guard Barrett. No. There's no way. So I think you know I don't think they have a choice in this manner uh, unless they do something wacky like you know start a Rudy Gay you know, then it could change things a little bit, but we'll see. I mean, for now, that's what I'm expecting is O'Neal and Baird. And I think it opens up uh, Randall. Uh, and that's why I like him so much. Yeah. I like Randall there as well. If he's not getting uh, O'Neal defense, that's a, that's a nice uh, little sneaky play. It is because people are forgetting that Barrett has scored a ton the second yeah. half, you know, yeah. he had that 50 point game. He's been yeah. uh, lighting it up. So yeah. Pretty interesting. All right, let's move on to the final three. We have an eight o'clock, the only eight o'clock uh, game here. It's the Boston Celtics, Denver Nuggets. Uh, should be an interesting game. Boston's only favored by two and a half. It's only a 222 total, 112.25 for Boston, 109.75 for the Denver Nuggets. Boston comes in hot, 43 and 28. Denver pretty darn good themselves, 42 and 29. The Joker really carries that team, man. He is something else. Um, Naismith is uh, the guy that is questionable for uh, Boston. He's not really in the rotation much. Uh, Kanchar, Murray, Najee, and Porter still remain out for Denver. So you have the usual suspects in this game. It is the first night on the road for Boston in the high elevation of Denver. Uh, definitely a little concerned. Boston's a little bit more of a veteran team, so that that has an effect here. Um, it is an island game for Denver, however. Slow teams here, 24th and 22nd, certainly a concern. Defense, Boston, number one. They supplanted uh, Golden State the other day and now are firmly in that best defensive team in the league. Denver has managed to get to right in the middle of the pack at 15, so... Lots of depth on both of these teams because it looks like all their key players are playing. It's a first night of a back-to-back, -back, good defenses, somewhat a low of a total, but at least the spread is close, so you know you might get full minutes here. Are you going to dial this game up, Deb? So this was my past game. Um, I think it's one of the better games to watch from a game perspective on the night. Um, but not the best for fantasy. Um, and I think you hit on all the key, key, key points, good defenses. You're playing in the high altitude, um, nuggets. Uh, it's a, I think it's a back-to-back -back for the Celtics. 
um, lower scoring, two teams that, you know, it's going to, things are going to keep things slow. Um, you know, you look at Jokic on the Nuggets and he is, I mean, almost always a good payup option. He actually triple doubled against the Celtics earlier this season. He did. You know, but at 12 K and with this slate, that's a lot of salary to pay for one guy. Um, and then on Boston, uh, you know, I think you've got Brown at a solid value, but he hasn't quite since he, since he's been back, he hasn't quite been hitting his number. Um, Smart's been playing very well the last four games, you know, and he's at 6,300. So, so decent, but he, you know, he's not a sure thing for, you know, 35, 40 points a night. Um, Williams has played well against the Nuggets in the past, but, um, you know, his price has also gotten up higher. So for me, um, I've just decided I'm going to stay away from this game, enjoy it as a fan, um, but not play any DFS. Can I just say ditto and move to the next game? Nice. All right. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I, I won't go into all the reasons why. I just think some of the prices are too high. Uh, it just, you know, both teams go deep in their bench. Both teams, uh, coaches like to rotate players. You know, I, I just don't see any value in this game. You know, it, it's just, it's one of those scenarios that just doesn't fit my build. So, and I think people are going to own players from this game. They're going to want, you know, some exposure, but, uh, but not me. Okay. Let's move on. 830 game Toronto Raptors, Philadelphia 76ers. Interesting game as well. Philly by five and a half. 220 and a half total, 107 and a half for the Toronto Raptors. Implied Philadelphia, 113. Toronto comes in 39 and 31. Philadelphia, 43 and 26. We know the two guys out for Toronto, Ananobi and Flynn. Sort of shocked and we don't have a questionable take on Van Vliet. Maybe that'll show up later because it seems to every day. But right now, no designation there. But then the, the billion-dollar question today, Joel Embiid questionable. So both teams are on the first night of a back-to-back. -back. So that is the, you know, the thing. Does Embiid play or not? That's the information that you need. It is the last game. There's no later games of the 830 games. There's two of them, this one in San Antonio Golden State. So if you're going to play Embiid, be ready for 2v2 kind of swaps or at least because you're going to have to do some scrambling. It will keep Embiid's ownership down unless we get news early. So you can look at it from that direction. But man, this becomes uh, really news dependent on this whole game because he's yeah. not only the best scorer, best player out there, but if he sits, it makes Harden hard to pass up. If he sits, it opens up the defense inside for the Raptors to take advantage of. It affects every aspect of this game. And then uh, on top of that, you know, you've got uh, two teams that aren't playing fast at all, 25th and 29th. So uh, that doesn't help matters. And their defenses are above normal, 13 and 12, I should say, above average. So, uh, you know, a lot of things to be concerned with here. You do have some guys priced okay. But, man, what, what are you going to do with this without the Embiid you know, knowledge of he's going to play or not. Yeah, this is a, this is a really tough game um, to figure out at this point, uh, not knowing the, the Embiid news. Um, I was surprised to see the spread um, at five and a half. I think yeah. if Embiid plays, I think Philly handles this game 
pretty easily. I think it's, you know, it's a home game. Um, you've got, you know, a couple of key guys out on uh, the Raptors. Van Vliet is coming back, um, has not been playing great. Um, you know, I think that on the Toronto side, I expected to see a little more value. I can't seem to find it. Van Vliet is, uh, Van Vliet is, um, you know, I usually like going with him, but he's, you know, yeah. over 8K um, and given Philly's slow pace, um, you know, I'm not going with him today. Um, Barnes has been really impressive, but he's priced all the way up to 8,200 now. Yeah, so, 83 on DraftKings, I know. Yeah. So I, I can't go there. Um, Siakam over 9K again with, you know, with Embiid defense. Um, can't do that. You know, the only guy that possibly, but I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan and he's not cheap either, but Trent at 6.2, right. um, you know, if he's getting hard in defense, uh, you know, maybe, but um, honestly, I'm, I'm going very light if, if anything on the Toronto side. Um right. I do like Philly a little better, and I think it's totally, you know, to me, it's a it's a toggle. If if Embiid goes, he's a solid payup option, um, you know, against uh, against Toronto centers. Um, you know, he's averaging what six, you know, six times. Whatever, he's averaging I mean, whatever he wants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Toronto doesn't have the best of matchups, so you know, I like him. But the news is concerning, so the question is, can you flip it? And, you know, have him beat in. And if it turns out he doesn't play, flip it to Harden. Because I think that Harden, you know, Harden will smash, um, you know, if Embiid doesn't play. Um, the uh, the usage will go to him. Um, and then, uh, you know, really, um, you know, there aren't a lot of great values on, on that side either. You know, Tobias Harris, um, if Embiid does not play, I like Harris. Um, but you know, since Harden's joined, he's now the third or fourth option on the offense. So, um, can't really go there on a regular basis. So I'm, I'm going light overall and just having to make the decision. Do I want to try and get him beat in there to, uh, you know, play up the fact that he's going to be really low owned and then, and then have a, a decent switch up to Harden or, or not. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think that'll be what a lot of people do is if they plug and beat in and he's out, they're just going to flip to Harden, but you still have another 1.2 K that you got to save yeah. even going yeah. from Embiid to Harden. So it's not a piece of cake to do it. You know, I, I watched Embiid this last game. He was absolutely terrific, man. He's unbelievable, but he looked a little gassed to me. He looked a little tired. Now it's not a back-to-back. -back. They did get a day off, but now they have a back-to-back -back coming. So I'm just, you know, he was hanging on his shorts in the first quarter of that game. Yeah, and he just looked like he's, you know, he's been pushing so hard to get this MVP. You can see it. Even toward the end of this last game, they had it wrapped up, and he forced a couple threes late, just trying to pad stats. So he's, you know, it's great for us from a DFS standpoint. We know this guy, every minute he's out there, he's trying to get the MVP He's going to knock his own guys out of the way to get the ball. And I love that. But, you know, he's also a guy that gets tired and he, he needs rest. So I'm not convinced that he plays here. So let's see what that news is. And, and the reason it screws my lineup build up is because I don't know how the heck I get away from Harden if Embiid sits. So that creates a shuffle of the deck. Maybe I have to lose my you know, favorite guys in McCollum or Murray. Uh, uh, so I don't know. I mean, Mitchell, not Murray, but yeah, it's, uh, 
it's going to be an interesting case. I'm going to do some more study, and I, I'm hoping we get that news sooner. But if he does play, Deb, I, I don't know if I'm going to go there at all because I, I just, you know, I don't like uh, the feel of this game either. But if he sits, I think your hand is forced. And it, it yeah. seems like Harden's just too good to pass up because they're not going to adjust his 10-1 price. But with him beat out, he's like a 12-3 player. So, uh, yeah, it makes it uh, a big shuffle. I do agree with you 100% on the Raptors. I think they're overpriced. Uh, and, you know, with most, with a lot of their guys back, they can bring, you know, that combination of Birch, Achua, Boucher, Young. Those guys are all going to get minutes. So uh, it's going to be a wait and see for Embiid for me. Um, may put him in there as a holder in case I have to switch to Harden. But again, not my favorite game on the board. Yeah, I don't recall, you know, what the strategy has been with Embiid earlier in the season on back-to-backs, but he's, you know, they're playing Miami tomorrow night, which to me exactly. feels like more of a spot where you'd want to play Embiid. That's um, exactly right. So. And that is completely my point. I mean, you need him against Miami and Bam. Yeah. Yeah. You don't particularly need him against right. the stout Birch Achua Boucher tandem, you know? Now, wait, don't forget about Thaddeus Young. Oh, and Thad Young. You can't forget about <laughs> I mean, him. Everybody else really... wants to play him. I don't know why. But... <laughs> yeah, so I'm, we'll see. We'll see okay. what the news brings. But uh, I'm going to have a build ready with Harden in it just in case. I like it. Good. Very, very sharp, Deb. You are sharp. Last game. This is it. Your debut okay. show is almost over. <laughs> San Antonio Spurs, Golden State Warriors. Golden State by six and a half is all, considering San Antonio got beat at home by like 60 from the Pelicans. They go on the road to Golden State, and they're only a six and a half point dog. Well, maybe, you know, maybe that's because there's no curry, I guess. But still, it seems lopsided uh, six and a half. 227 is the total. 110.25 implied for the Spurs. 116.75 for Golden State. Coming in, the Spurs limp in at 27 and 44. Golden State still pretty stout at 47 and 23, but dealing with that rough Steph Curry no, uh, news out indefinitely. So it changes, uh, you know, the whole look for Golden State down the stretch here. So we'll see. Uh, it certainly opens it up. I'm just going to say it right now and save you the breath. Everybody. Their brother, their sister, and their mother are going to play Jordan Poole tonight. Let's face the facts. But anyway, uh, injuries, uh, questionable tag on Josh Richardson, Kate's beta job, and then out Langford McDermott Walker. So a little bit of thinner bench for Spurs. We know that, of course, uh, no, no Steph. Moody is questionable. And then Iguodala, Peyton, and Wiseman, uh, join Steph as out for this game. Spurs are fifth in pace, Golden State 12th, so you're going to get some good run there. San Antonio only 21 on D. Golden State still terrific at two, and they, of course, have the, the man, the myth, the legend, Draymond Green back in the fold uh, for the defensive purposes to try to take that top spot back from Boston. What do you think about this game? Interesting. It is interesting. I mean, like you said, I can't, we can't even, we don't even need to talk about Jordan Poole, right? He's a, you know, 
lock and load in 90 plus percent of lineups. He's going to uh, be in so many, although he is seven K he's not free, but you know, he's going to probably take what 25 shots knowing him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it's, um, tough to stay away from him. Um, you know, on the, so on the, on the Warriors side, um, a couple of things, I actually, um, I actually like Wiggins here in this spot. Okay. I think wow. he could be low owned. He's, you know, he hasn't, uh, you know, again, on a, on a team with, you know, with Curry um, and with Clay Thompson coming back, I think Wiggins, you know, all-star Wiggins kind of has been taking a back started on that. He beat out <laughs> Luca, by the way, just for the record. So, which is, which is insane. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, you know, I think he's going to be, um, a bit under the radar. He's been out for a couple of games. So, um, I think he's, um, fair price at 7,200 and might just be low owned enough with everyone focused on pool and probably clay Thompson. Right. Um, I think I'm not going to go clay Thompson. I'm going to go a little contrarian there, um, with the Wiggins pick. Um, yeah. the key question I have for you is, you know, from a starting lineup perspective, are they going to start Draymond or are they going to start? Is Otto Porter Jr. going to be starting? Um, I think it's Draymond. I think it'll be Poole, Thompson, Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney. That's what I have. Do you think Draymond gets full minutes at this point? I don't think he's going to be ramped to complete full minutes. I think he'll have some kind of cap. So at 6-7, I'm not quite there yet. I, I'd like to see this game and maybe one more before he's completely unleashed. I believe not that he's ever unleashed no. offensively, yeah, yeah. but you know, at least for full run. So yeah, it's, I, it's I agree. A little, little dicey. I agree early for me on him. And then if he's starting in Porto junior, uh, Porto juniors only getting 20, 22 minutes, I'm not excited about him either. So, you know, I'm looking at um, I'm looking at pool and, and Wiggins from um, from that side of things. And then yeah. on the Spurs, Boy, lockdown defense, real big blowout potential. I'm not too excited about um, a lot of Spurs, um, particularly as you get to their front court. Um, you know, Pirtle, Johnson, I think they're going to have a tough time against, you know, Green and, and Looney. Um, the one guy that, I, that I'm that i interested in would be Vassal um, or Vassell <laughs> for, yeah. for a couple of reasons. I mean, I think with, with Walker out, Richardson questionable, um, right. Get a lot of minutes. Um, and, uh, you know, from a defensive, you know, probably the weakest area. I mean, if you, if you could say that uh, Golden State's defense is weak, weak at all, it might be, uh, you know, at that position. Um, so I think, you know, he's he's fairly priced um, and has shown that he can hit his value. Um, but other than that, I'm not going to I'm not going to pay up in this case for Murray. Um, I don't think it's the the best spot for him. So, um, yeah, a little, little bit light, but maybe uh, maybe one or two from this game. Yeah. You know, I DeJounte Murray's a good play on almost any slate. That guy is incredible. I mean, he he can do it in every category. 10-6 is a big, big thing to bite off, though, on the road against the second-best defensive team. So, and actually, I hate to say it, but Golden State gets a little better with Curry not playing because yeah. he's yeah. not a good defender. Uh, Poole's not a good defender either, though. So I don't know. Murray's, I, I think it would feel awfully comfortable to have him in your back pocket going into that last game because he, I do think he'll get, you know, maybe 50 DFS points. But guess what? That doesn't even get you to 5X. 
So, you know, he has to have a 65 kind of game for you to feel good about it. Can he do that? Absolutely. I'd love to find a path to get to him. I just don't know if I can. But Murray's not off my list just yet. Um, not interested in the rest of the Spurs, though. Pop plays a million guys. He rotates them. You never know what's coming. Um, if Richardson sits, if I'm desperate for a final punch in, maybe Josh Primo at 3-6 has been getting some more minutes, but only GPP. I mean, I just don't trust that entire group uh, in, in that rotation. They're so bad, uh, and, and they use a lot of guys. So I'm, I'm not going there. I am going to play either Poole or Thompson, Deb. I think those are the two guys that are going to get the majority of the offense. I don't want to roll both out. I don't think rolling both out's a bad idea, though, because you're not going to get a lot of offense from uh, uh, Porter Jr., even Draymond Looney. You're going to get a little from Kaminga, Moody, a little from Lee off the bench. But really, the majority of the shots and Curry's usage and, and shot attempts are, I think, going to be split pretty good between Poole and Thompson. I just want to see the ownership. Right now, I'd probably go to Thompson because I think Poole's going to be the highest owned on this team. But I could be wrong. If Thompson you know, gets more ownership than Poole, People may see this seven to seven nine and not think it's that much of a difference. And if they start leaning towards Clay, then I would go pull. So that will be more ownership driven for me. But I think having one of those guys is key because between the two of them, they're going to get up a lot of shots. Yeah, my um, I totally agree. My leaning on pool as opposed to Thompson, they're similarly priced. Um, was also minutes. I thought, you know, if this is a blowout, chances are that uh, Thompson doesn't get a full run of minutes, you know, just wanting to continue to kind of, you know, keep him True. fresh. So um, I sort of went with, you know, maybe three, five extra minutes for, for pool. But, uh, but I think it's a, it's, it's a very fair point. You're right. You could, you could easily roll them both out. They could both hit value. Yeah. Yeah. It's not slam dunk either way, but uh, we will see. All right. I think that's it. We covered all of them. Uh, early games, late games. We'll try to get this posted as soon as possible so everybody has a chance to look at it. Uh, fantastic job, though. I mean, absolutely terrific. I think uh, you're natural. I mean, hey, I'm going to enjoy doing this. So we're doing what, Tuesdays and Sundays? Tuesdays and Sundays together. Yep. All right. So this is going to be something to look forward to. And uh Certainly hope uh, everybody takes advantage of that. So really enjoyed having you on and enjoy the schedule that we'll be doing for the rest of the NBA season with you. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Uh, I'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, by the way. That's Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com. Sign up with the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, no space. And you receive up to 100% on your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So it's a free hundred bucks. If you put in a hundred, you want to only put in 25, they give you 25. So it's instant money that they put right into your account. We've been tearing up prize picks lately, 13 and two in our last uh, four, uh, 15. So, you know, I, when I run out of toes and fingers, I, I lose count. Deb, so, but uh, yeah, we've, we've got it going there. So enjoy that as well. And then of course our DFS, uh, team here. Deb and I will be posting lineups for the early two-gamer and then the main slate tonight. And if you want to join us there, it's dfscoachtalk.com. 
um, and we'd love to have you. Deb, where can they find you on Twitter? I'm at DebLutz33. DebLutz33. I'm at Joe Sarvati. Uh, so you can find me there. And you can find any of us, the whole group of us are at DFS Coach Talk. If you're watching this on our wonderful YouTube, please hit that thumbs up, the subscribe button, hit the little alert in the upper corner so you know when any of our podcasts post. All right. Thank you, Deb. Have a great day. Thank Enjoy you. your Sunday. We have golf sweats today. We have NCAA. We got all this NBA. I mean, could it get better than this? Big sports weekend. I'm fired up. And I see you're right at the top of the leaderboard on PGA. So uh, let's go. Massive golf sweating. I'll be closing my eyes on some of those water shots. That's for sure. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you again, Deb. Great job. Pleasure. And uh, absolutely. All right. All right. Take care. Let's smash it. We're going to go for it. Smash it. Or as we say, we'll be back tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS. <laughs>